T to G to I to F to Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. I am Brother Luke Rowicki. I am Brother Andrew Tory. And we're back on this first Friday of May. Back and with a vengeance. It is the month of Mary, and we are very excited. Hopefully she's gonna she's gonna come up. She's not our direct theme. But no. we dedicated to her. That's right. Mary is our big mama in heaven. She's Take always care out of there us. protecting us. One of my favorite images of a mother is a, is a mama bear. Why is that? Because they're so powerful, and like they get on their high he- on their on their high heels. Well, maybe women do. <laughs> <laughs> they get on their hind legs and their paws, and their one focus is I'm going to protect my cubs. And whenever hmm. there's a danger, I'm going to come out, and it doesn't matter what's there, I'm going to get that enemy away, and I'm going to protect my protect my. I really cubs. like that image because whenever we hear oh like I've heard stories of people that find the little bear, but then you always hear after. But you know when you find a little bear, there's a mama, mama bear. bear. It's not far away. That's right. That's a beautiful image for us as we begin May uh-huh. to think like where I'm in a difficult situation or where the devil maybe has me cornered. Uh huh. The devil should be thinking that. That's right. That wherever I see a Christian, there's a mama bear. She's not far away, Indeed. protecting us. Indeed. So our theme actually is, is going to be is not Mary, but hopefully <laughs> we're dedicated to her and she'll be coming out a That's little right. bit. Of course. We're dedicated to getting a social life. Do you have a social life, Brother Luke? So, do you mean like do I have a certain number of people following me on Instagram? Hmm, I don't know if that's what I mean. Do you mean that, like, on Friday and Saturday nights, my phone blowing up and people want to invite me to, like, cool activities Not and, like, exactly get ice cream at Old Bridge? What I have... Well, what did you say? Old Bridge? Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the foremost gelateria <laughs> in, in Rome, so that could have to do with it. But That counts as our sponsor, right? We don't have to say more about them. That's right. Us. Presenting yeah. Old Bridge Gelateria. <laughs> we are sponsored by all the people who come here in Rome and who who we give tours to, who pay for our gelato. Actually, they should. Well, that's true. <laughs> this episode is for you. Old Bridge didn't give us free gelato, <laughs> but we got free gelato because a very nice, a lot of times from the States, but other people too coming to visit yeah. Vatican Museums. But Andrew gave these great tours and then... Wow, Brother Luke gave gave his fair share. <laughs> and I would usually go to an ice cream place right around the corner called Old Bridge. So once the pandemic ends, folks, come to Rome and we will be happy to and show treat you around. Us. To ice cream. And tread, please, yes. Please treat us. <laughs> but a social life is not exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about basically society's social life. Social doctrine of the church. Yeah. What is going on in the world today? What has Pope Francis said about this recently? And, like, how can we dialogue? And what are some principles that can maybe help me keep my cool and uh, know what a Christian response would be before I just go at it with, Violence. A red face and steamy ears. And looting. Yeah. So There's been a lot of tension, a lot of steamy ears recently. Yes. And so <laughs> so we're going to get to all that. And before we do that, we want to give a very quick update on what's been going on in Rome. Brother Andrew, Indeed. take it away. So I have been working on this paper for the past two weeks. Ooh. So I don't know if anybody wants to delve into my academic, my secret academic life. But I it's know a, I do. Raising my hand. Okay. So I'll, okay, so I'll answer. So if this paper is on Jesus. So it's on Jesus as the Son of God, according to Pope Benedict. So Pope Benedict, he was the Pope that came right before Pope Francis. Okay. And he wrote this slew of books. I don't know how many books he's written. He's written a lot. And so I was like, you know, I have to write this big paper for theology. I want to write about the most important thing. I want to write about Jesus. And so obviously that's a huge topic. Well, what did what did this person say about Jesus? Well, he said a lot of things. So I had I'm what I'm doing is I'm saying I'm explaining what the Pope means 
that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's actually really beautiful huh. because um, if you think about it, son or, or daughter, for that matter, is, is a, a relational term. So that means that whenever you think of son or whenever you think of daughter, you immediately think, oh, there's a father or there's a mother. And so when we read that Jesus is the son of God, when you see that in the Bible, we're always thinking, oh, he has a father. And the whole life, his whole life about his, the whole life of Jesus was about revealing the father. It was all about him. It was all about revealing the father. It was all about somebody else. It wasn't about him. Hmm. And so, and so I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the paper. It's teaching me a lot about who this man is to whom I've given my life. Um, and I, I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot, there's some, you know, dry academic work. It's, 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 some of it's not exactly, you know, jumping for joy, but, but there are some really cool insights. So that's been my life like the past two weeks. That's going to be the rest of your life because it's Jesus, the Son of God. Indeed. So, yeah. Oh, and when all of eternity. On paper <laughs> and all, yeah, exactly. Well, Brother Luke also has, he's been living in a different sort of universe. So I can sum up my last <laughs> month since we spoke last on our last First Friday episode in one word, purification. Oh, boy. And so I'll get into a little bit of that later with our theme. But the context of that purification has been... I did spiritual exercises, eight days of silence during Holy Week. The best time of the year to do a retreat. And that led to Easter, and we're still in the Easter season, Woo. which is awesome. And now we're in the month of Mary, mm-hmm. because May is the month of Mary. Mary. That was not planned, but we can throw it in there, it too. It was almost harmonious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, most recently, just last week, uh, all the superiors of the legionaries of Christ, which means that all the ones in charge of the different areas or territories we call them around the world all came to Rome to speak about where we're going to send these brothers who are finishing their studies at seminary, (gasps) AKA brother Luke Rowicki, drum roll, please. They're going to get ordained this summer or next fall. Where are we going to send them? And so my hands and our futures were put completely in the hands of God through uh, our superiors. And they spoke, okay, what's going to be best for Brother Luke and the other brothers? What's going to be, what are the needs we have at schools? And there's other openings. So I can't reveal where I'm going on this episode. But all of that said, it's been a time of, yeah, a little bit of uncertainty, you could say. But that uncertainty has helped me grow closer to God. And so that's one of the things I think is important to talk about when we talk about getting a social life. That's right. So we're going to hop right into it. Let's get a social life, Brother Luke. Hop like a mama bear into this. In front of her cubs. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to talk about dialogue, how to dialogue. Um, What does the church teach us about as Christians? What is the the official Catholic stance? And a lot of times these are are principles. It's not like we're in a straitjacket. We have to respond a certain way, all these things. But no, these are principles that we can apply in different discussions and decisions we have to make in our lives. political situations, cultural uh, dynamics or circumstances that we find. And one of the first big ones I think is there's so many movements and activist groups right now that are um, picketing and they're mani- they're doing these manifestations of protests. And there's a lot of, yeah, like there's heated controversial things. There's a lot of polarization as uh, so we see it on social media and news agencies and their networks and things. Uh-huh. And what do we do in that case? Like, whether I agree with one side or the other side, we as Christians need to be bridges between both. And I think Pope Francis does an excellent job of that. Yes. Sometimes he does it in ways that are very provocative. Like he'll he'll say things that get people talking. Oh, I can't believe the Pope said that those things. Um, but we should be talking about these things, and we should 
go a step further and be able to talk to people on the other side of the political spectrum. Exactly. One thing that Pope Francis says, if I can interrupt you here, Brother Luke, is that he says that difference creates tension, right? We all know that. But tension can create opportunities for creativity. Hmm. And so we shouldn't just get all, you know, locked into our, okay, I'm different, he's 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 red i'm blue or you no know, like like he's right i'm left whatever it's there there's there is a tension there right and we don't need to be like all na- naive and say okay let's all just you know be happy and be friends no but diet what, what what the approach the christian approach says what pope francis says is that when we're faced with differences we need to be honest about these tensions right and and we admit that and 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 we don't just settle for the easy okay we agree to disagree because that's just a cop out yeah um, what we should do is is kind of is, is talk and say and, and, and understand where the other person's coming from, what, what his perspective is, share what my perspective is, not not water down my beliefs, but share them in their in their fullness and their their um you know, without any, you know I don't water it down. Yeah, you don't water it down, right? But you do need to serve it in a way the other person's going to not at least reject it at the in the from the first exactly breath, exactly know? so maybe not like and don't like start by insulting the other person's viewpoint for example if a person needs protein there's a lot of different ways to serve a big hunk of steak well you can serve it on a big plate with a fork and a knife right. you can serve it all cut up for them you can serve it in a soup you can give it to them raw you can give it to them raw you can send them out to a farm to herd the cattle right but what's what's gonna either way you're giving them the same steak right but what is going to be the most acceptable way for them to consider, process, digest, and yeah. be fortified by it? And that's up to each one of us to consider how we're going to present that piece of steak to the person. Yeah. How, what, what's, how are we going to make this palatable for, for this person? We have the good news. So it's like what we have is a delicious steamy steak. Indeed. I agree. From like those uh, on a Korean restaurants where they like cook right in front of you. Do you know Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? Have you heard of that? Yes. Oh. I don't know if I've ever been there. I've been there once. My dad... Uh, my dad's boss actually invited him. It was it was really expensive. Oof. It was like it was there was four of us. I think it was over three hundred dollars. You'd ever charge for here and do. But it was it was it was a it was a business uh, <laughs> business dinner. <laughs> That's awesome. Treating his family out. That's nice. But yeah, so we have to. It's... So when we so when we have we have these differences with people, and it leads to tension. But that tension should be an, an impetus to creativity. Like how what is it that we share? Because there must be something that we can share. There must be something that we can both agree on, and that should be a source of, of, um, of, of light for us as we as we sort of, you know, we have to, there's so much in, in our culture. There's so many areas where there's there's a, there's a lot of tension. I mean, we've seen that the past two years. Like what you're saying, we have to look for what brings us together. Yes. And based on that, we can serve the steak in a lot of different ways. Yes. There's something in the social doctrine called the common good. Uh-huh. And by its very name, it tells us that you and I both want this thing because it's the common good. Right. We share that we not not exactly um, agree on the means to get there, but if we can agree that the I think the definition is something like the social conditions that allow individuals as people or groups to reach their fulfillment fully uh-huh. and easily. Uh-huh. Do you agree on that? I agree. Okay, so even it'd be impossible, pretty much impossible for someone to not agree with that. Like, do you think everyone should have an equal opportunity to be fulfilled? Right. Yes. Right. Okay, good. So now that's already something we can agree on. Yes. And by both agreeing to make efforts to do that, that is what the uh, social doctrine of the church says and calls solidarity. Solidarity. Solidarity is that we're both making an effort. We're determined to go after 
the common good. Right. So the thing is, folks, is that we're trying in this episode, we want to sort of change the level of discourse of our social life and bring it to and elevate it. Because having a social life is not just about going out to your favorite gelateria in Rome and, and hanging out with And having friends. a bunch of followers on social media. Exactly. It's about, okay, I am a fellow human being with this person. Let me, let, me, let me open up this little book here that I have in front of me. As he opens it, we are, as human beings, we are social people. Just like we have, there's a, there's a spiritual soul. We, uh, have the, we have the capacity, we're made the image and likeness of God. All these things as well, something just as, as vital to who we are and just as deep as our identity is that we are social beings. None of us are called and should and could even survive living on our own. That's no right. one. Therefore, we are social beings. We need other people. We need other people. So to have a real social life means that I need to live that aspect of who I am to the full. I can't just live my life on a material level, just doing everything I like, like superficially because I have a spiritual soul. I need to go do deeper. In the same way, I can't be an island and just do everything on my own or just stay in my little box and ignore a huge swath of people that are out there. As social beings, we need to have the capacity, and it's it's in us. We we do have that power, uh-huh. and especially by our baptism and the grace that God wants to give us, to reach across those barriers, cultural and political barriers, and right. And if this sounds a little if this sounds a little abstract or philosophical for some of you folks out there, think of it in terms of the Bible. Um, what I do affects other people. Um, what Adam and Eve did affects us, and so. Just because there's somebody living in Mongolia and somebody else in Bolivia and then we're here in Rome and then there's Iceland in the north and the U.S., we're all somehow, we all somehow, our lives somehow affect each other. Now, not not on the material level, obviously. So if I go out and you know mow my lawn, that the guy in Mongolia, what's he going to say about that? But there's <laughs> something about being a human being, some sort of like what you were saying, a spiritual element that sort of goes beyond what we can immediately perceive. And so that's, that's also just like sin brought all of the woes that we experience in the world. Um, so can the little bit of good that I can sow help to fight against that and, and make the good grow. So it's really important for us to care about that because if not, we can sort of fall into an, an individualistic indifference that sort of just, you know, allows itself to be us to be contented with, you know, pursuing our own little, little goals and going through life without you know, any sort of higher purpose or meaning. Would you be such a shame? Because we're, we're created for, for greatness, not, not for, you know, a comfy pillow. Amen to that. Pope Benedict says something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Um, not for comfort, but... For greatness. For greatness. So I was saying, I was opening up this little book in front of me. Um, Brother Luke and I were basing our, our talk today on, on this encyclical, encyclical letter. Can I say that? <laughs> encyclical. Popsicle. Letter. Popsicle letter. Um, that Pope Francis wrote. So it's this, it's this big official document that the Pope writes. It's called Fratelli Tutti, which means... All you brothers. All you brothers. That's right. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters are all brothers. Yeah. He's, he's, um, he, he, put the, he put the title in Italian. Those are Italian words. And so what Pope Francis wants to say with this document, let me quote from, from number five. He says that, God has created all human beings equal in rights, duties, and dignity, and has called them to live together as brothers and sisters. To live together as brothers and sisters. So that's what we need to work towards too. How, and how, there must be some way that we can do that, Brother Luke. How do we, how do we create a culture 
uh, a social life, a social fabric in which it's not just about like, you know, he, 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 ha, 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 going out to the bowling alley on Friday nights, you know, like we always do, or, you know, like simple things. How do we, how do we elevate it? What can, how do we change the way that we live as a society so that we can live as brothers and sisters? Okay, recently, so actually it was, yeah, just a couple of days ago, we had a bishop who's here in Rome. His job, I don't know exact his exact title, but he takes care of all the seminarians and priests studying in Rome or like that are here in Rome. So he's there on behalf of Pope Francis, and he likes going around to different seminaries and hearing, okay, what are the issues that you're going through? And, and then he gives it his, his, his advice. He's from Mexico, Monsignor Patron Huang. And he gave us really, really good advice. Uh, piece of advice when he came to a dinner with all the brothers again that are we're about to leave for our ministry we call it so yeah. we're finishing third year we've all been told we're gonna you're gonna go here and we're all going across the world in different can you places. at least tell us were you happy to find out where I'm you're going i'm super excited yeah. yes i'm super excited <laughs> where i've been sent and i'm also very excited to reveal that when i can when it's okay. able to be public just as as you can understand since we're a big organization with uh thousands of, over a thousand religious um, around the world, so there's all these bits and pieces that need to be moved. Right. And so, once the pieces that need to be moved are moved, then we can come out and say, okay, like this is definitive. And until that moment, to avoid conflicts and right. everything, yeah, yeah, of course, keep it under wraps. Um, but he was saying, okay, it's good to have ideals, but it's it's essential to live in reality. But then he said, but those two things don't contradict. Why? Because we as legionaries of Christ have a lot of ideals. When um, It was actually one of the things that was kind of causing me um, stress and anxiety in this last month because I was thinking, okay, I don't know where they're going to send me. Um, am I going to be able to do it? And I think that's something that we as priests or future priests I, I've dealt with a lot in these years of our studies in the seminary. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I felt this call. God wants me to do this. I want to do it, but like, am I up to it? Because there's a lot, there's challenges out there and there's a the personal challenges. And then there's the challenges that the church is facing around the whole world. And, and so we are kind of from the very beginning, when we joined the seminary, we're given and shown all these ideals, like what a priest should be. We have the ideal of Christ himself first off. And like all of us fall short of that ideal. In a certain sense, but we're still called to perfection. We're called to try and be perfect and to live the same charity he lived. And then there's the reality, which is I wake up every day and I'm tired and maybe I'm late for this and maybe I get distracted during class and then I get frustrated with this brother. And then, and so at the end of the day, I look, I'm like, ah, oh, I did it again. I was not at all like Jesus. I was, I totally blew it. All right. So there's ideals and reality, but he was saying that we do see, see bits and pieces, glimmers of this ideal around us and people around us that incarnate what we see or being living. So he, he gave examples of someone who, who like does something very easily that for me is really hard. And so when I see that ideal, not just written on a piece of paper, like oh St. Francis back in the day used to pray and like, he would just like, he would never get distracted or I don't know, he would go and preach and everyone listened to him all these things. Even the birds. And even the birds and the <laughs> fish. All these people listen to him. I was saying Anthony. I can't even attract people. <laughs> <laughs> he had all these birds and fish. And, but when I see it, not just written down, but I see it incarnated in my, in my brother next to me, then I see like, ah, that, that's motivating. And I want to live that. At the same time, like we always have to be asking ourselves, okay, I know what the ideal is, but I'm in at the workplace or at my home there's tensions with my siblings, with my spouse, with my boss. 
how am I called to live that ideal in this reality? Mm-hmm. And so those are ways that like, there's these two things that seem like they're opposed, but in the end they come together in as much as I will find ideals that are incarnate in reality, but I need to live in the reality and not like in the abstract of like, oh, a Christian should always say God bless you and all these things. But if, if I'm offended, I'm going to get angry and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's a natural reaction. If I'm a couple weeks from being sent towards ministry and being ordained a deacon and a priest, I'm a little nervous. That's okay. Yeah. But and if I haven't reached the ideals, that's actually a really good thing because once once we think we've reached an ideal and we're all we're all taken care of, it's all perfect. Plateau. Yeah. Then like you're very far from your ideal. Mm-hmm. We always need to be in, in progress and going towards the ideals. So I don't even know if that really even answers the question that um, we're talking we, about. Yeah, like, yeah. But I think it's an important principle that Christ is always going to be present in the reality, in the real situations. And I'm always very inspired by when you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus went to the messiest parts of of Galilee and uh, Jerusalem, and he was t- with lepers, and he was with prostitutes and tax collectors. Like, Jesus wasn't turning a blind eye, like, oh, this world's a mess. No, he went straight into that mess, but he brought light. He was a realist, yeah. He was a realist. And since he is the ideal, he, you, it is possible to bring the ideal into the real world. And that's what we're called to do. Yeah. But... Yeah, again, it's, it's definitely going to only be with Christ. It's me, him doing it, and we as his instruments and as his witnesses to the world. But, like, those are, I mean, that's maybe an abstract thing again, but, like, we need to be that light for this world to kind of start, like we are saying, like, reach that level where, that we're supposed to be at as Christians. Like, help bring society up. That's right. Because we're, we're, we're leaven in society. We are, we're the yeast that makes the rest of the flour grow. Um why? Because we're just amazing people? Well, I mean, maybe, but <laughs> but mainly because uh, we've been loved by God. We, we're, we're the recipients of God's divine love. We've, been, we've become his children. There's a father of the church, Dionysius. Ooh. And he talks about how Christians in pretty much every way are the exact same as everybody else on the outside. All right? So he says, like, like you're saying, like, oh, because we're amazing people. I know you're joking. <laughs> but he says it's not because, like, they're millionaires because like they drive these shiny cars or that they're I don't know their hair is always perfect like it's not like Christians just can just like snap fingers ah like I can tell from the way externally he is but he says at the same time there is something radically different about Christians in society because we're in the world but not of the world and he has this whole long list I recommend it I don't know exactly how to how uh-huh. you'll find it but Dionysius uh-huh. on Christians being leaven in the world or being light in this world uh-huh. and it's beautiful because what dif- differentiates a Christian from everyone else is a deeper reality. So we are called to go to this deeper level. Right, yeah. And how do we how do we do that? How do we bring others on this deeper level? How do we elevate our our social discourse so that we can create communities where we're actually all brothers and sisters? That's that's the big question. Um, it's a huge question and sometimes it's like, you know, you know, I was thinking you know, like Brother Luke and I were thinking like what are we going to talk about in a in the podcast today because you know it's you know social doctrine of the church and like dialogue and like all these sometimes it's like hard to like get down to the to the details and like what do we and I was thinking well we if if we're going to rely on our if we're going to go into this you know like okay I want to live what the I want to live as a child of God I want to bring this um, freshness of life to other people okay that's great but but if I'm going into it just from like by myself then it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be almost even crushing because it's a huge ideal. It's a huge, um, it's an important, the most important thing that we can bring other people is the very life of God. Yeah. And so 
the other the other week, last week, I had an experience um, that that gave me some peace, and it was because I, um, I, I it was Saturday, and I was um, I had just talked to two people on the phone. I was on the phone for like about an hour and a half or two hours. I was tired. It was Saturday afternoon. I wanted to go out for a run, and once I finished that second phone call, I I immediately felt this uh, inner thought um, or this motion like call your mom. And I was like, oh, um, okay, I'll call my mom. And so I called my mom, and it just happened that she and my dad um, happened to be visiting my grandmother, who lives like four hours away. And they don't visit her very often. They'd be like, you know, once a month, twice a month, whatever, um, and only for like a few hours that day. And they just happened to be with my grandma. And it just it just brought me so much joy because I got to see my grandma. And you haven't talked to her. In I hadn't a while I or... hadn't talked to her in a long time. Yeah, yeah. a couple several months. Um, That's beautiful. And and so I got to see her and and I, and I showed her around my room. Um, I mean, it was it was a very small room, so there wasn't much to show her. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was I I was just and when the when the phone call ended, I was like, wow, that was the jackpot. And and I and I thought um, the Holy Spirit is is. I mean, even simple things like that. The Holy Spirit is always going to accompany us. It's always going to speak to our conscience inside of us, that inner sanctum to which only God and I have access. And he's going to inspire us. And he's going to help us to apply these big ideals that we all have. He's going to help us apply that to reality. So even though... Yeah, social doctrine, living as brothers and sisters, get a social life. Even though that sort of sounds like abstract, and it is abstract. I mean, abstract doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's abstract. Yeah, they're the principles that need to be applied. They need to be applied. And so that's the work. If we, you know, if we have faith, that is, we're going we're gonna to be supported by the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. And there's also, there's uh, this other idea. As a Christian, we need to be able to enter into the battle Obviously not afraid, but also willing to take some some heat or some mm-hmm. hits. Some hits, yeah. And rub some dirt on it. Ooh. And I was saying, like, what is like what does that mean when it comes to this whole social doctrine issue? And what happens today is that people put these things on Instagram and then it's just like this whole slew of commentaries of like people that are super angry and they're offended and I can't believe you said that and all these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And rather than like creating dialogue, it just creates more and more conflict and like pushes people more and more apart. And if I'm a Republican, I just like confirm that I will never ever talk to a Democrat or invite him to my party mm-hmm. and like vice versa, whatever it is. And there's a uh, interesting talk by Father Mike Schmitz who talks about as Christians, we should be non-offendable. <laughs> so like, I should not be able to be offended. And I was thinking, why is that? I had this reflection when I was thinking, okay, should I dedicate time to social media or not? I was thinking, well, I still wasn't sure at the point, but I was thinking, if I do dedicate myself to social media, which I've started to, I want to do it like John the Baptist and not like a Pharisee. And I think the difference is pretty obvious. Like Jesus talks about how these Pharisees basically do everything to be seen. And so they're walking the public squares and they put on their nicest robes and things and they pray, maybe like raising their voice just a little bit to make sure that people in the far corner of the plaza look over there and like, (laughs) oh, look at him, you know, praying and, um, Whereas John the Baptist also made a lot of noise. They both made noise. And in social media, it's kind of like, oh, it's just because you're, you're full of yourself, so you take pictures and you make videos on these things. And 
Yeah, it, it could be that. You could be a Pharisee. Or you could be making a lot of noise, like yelling out in the desert and bringing people from far and wide to be like, what's this guy talking about? And then pointing them to Christ. Both options are on the table. And I think in the same way, if I go into a dialogue or I open social media just looking for like myself or have myself in mind, I'm going to be constantly offended by people. But if I'm looking to bring people to Christ, I'm going to try to find, wow, what's the good? Like, how can I take this comment or this image or what can I put, what can I publish, what can I post to kind of point people towards what I believe is the common good if we're talking about social media or uh, the social doctrine. What can I do to point people to Christ? What can I do to be a bridge like we said in the beginning? That changes everything. And I, I think that that's what probably gets me most excited about using social media. Mm-hmm. Because one of the dangers is that we're called to have, well, everyone is we're called to have a prayer life and like a deep prayer life. And if in my free time, when I'm not studying and I'm not uh, working, washing dishes, whatever it is, I'm on social media, that could be a danger because I'm okay, am I, am I making sure to make time for prayer and all these things? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that gets me, I'm realizing that there are dangers. I also see that there's a huge good and a need to be John, there needs to be John the Baptist out there. Because if it could also be a false humility to say, I don't want to get in social media because I just think people are full of themselves. It's okay, but... We are all full of ourselves. And we're all full of ourselves. <laughs> and I like, yeah, to say that I'm not vain would be totally lying. Because we're all, we all battle pride, vanity, and centrality. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, but like, we need to be not afraid to go into the battles. And it might hurt, and we might get frustrated, and we might get humiliated, and we might get pinned down and not know how to respond to a certain thing. But as, like, getting back to Father Mike Schmitz was saying, is as if we, if we are, truly loving and truly concerned and like being offended is just a sign of our vanity and our pride mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. then it's a chance to, for purification mm-hmm. and and again if i'm afraid or if i know but no but i wouldn't know how to respond to these situations and like i said i was kind of what i was going through this last month and I'm praying a lot about it like where are these doubts coming from these fears is that really from god i say almost never fears come from god right yeah like they don't whatever there's like turbulence in our souls or there's these uh these doubts that are just like accusing us of something or they're making us just like really nervous and like sweaty palms aren't don't come from god sweaty palms are not divine so god might allow us to feel or to notice that hey we're limited but he doesn't like keep us down he's he's there's like hey you're limited but hey i'm here with you and the sweaty palms go away mm-hmm. they dry right up that's right uh, so I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but <laughs> the image is great. Don't you like that, folks? Be John the Baptist, and if you have sweaty palms, know that God is with you. On my door, before I, um, on the door, my door on the inside of my room, before I, as I turn the handle and I'm leaving, I have a quote from John the Baptist. It's my, one of my favorite quotes of the whole Bible. Um, he, I think, he must increase, I must decrease. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that line so much. That's what that's. I mean, that's what you were saying because it's all about it's about Jesus. And how do you, so how do you do that concretely? Well, um, let me toot my own horn here, Brother Luke. <laughs> I mean, just an experience I had a couple, uh, two weeks ago. So I was, one of my topics that I love talking about is, is I love talking about dialogue because I think dialogue is really one of the areas where we can help people grow together as brothers and sisters. What Pope Francis is talking about in this, in Fratelli Tutti, his, his encyclical. Um, because... Because folks, today, it's all about communication. Everything is communication. And so what Christians today can do is shine light in the way that they communicate. So it's not easy for us 
and even though we should find occasions for it, it's not easy for us always to like go out and organize and do like a help out at a soup kitchen or you know help out people who are homeless. We should do those things, and we should develop creative ways to serve these people. But a more immediate way that's easier for us, I guess you could say, a, um, how can I say it? Like a, an area that's always there that you can always work on is, is the way we communicate with other people. Hmm. And so the other day, so two weeks ago, I went on Reddit. Okay, it's this R E D D I T. It's a, it's this, it's like this conglomeration of like different chat rooms, chat groups. Is it an app on your phone? Yeah, you, can, that, you okay. can find it. Yeah, Reddit. And so there's a, there's like this. I don't know what you, I don't know what the Reddit lingo is, but like there's like this chat room that is called um, uh, I am a blank. I am a blank. It's like ask me anything. Okay. I, I am a software engineer from Salt Lake City, Utah. Ask me anything. Um, so I put in I am a seminarian and missionary that lives near the Vatican. Ask me anything. Oh, you really threw yourself <laughs> out there. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, I. Famous people, they get a lot of, they get so I didn't get, I didn't get a huge amount of, but I had like forty questions. Basically. Did they know who you are though? TGIFF, like. I mean, it's pretty big name out there. Like, I mean, I, I could have mentioned it. I didn't because I thought everybody would like. Ah, yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. You got Billy Andrew being humble again. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Of course. So. <laughs> Anyways, so I, so I had all those questions, and and it was it was a really cool experience of dialogue, because. There were some people who were just, I mean, there was a lot of people who were like just angry about the sex abuse scandals. Yeah. And so. Rightly and, so. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so obviously, so that, that, that sparked an interesting discussion. But what basically this taught me was, is that we need to throw ourselves out into the world. We need to, we need to, we have such a treasure that's inside of us. We have the very life of God that's inside of us. We have, not, not be, and everybody knows, not because of our great qualities or whatever, just because in some mysterious way, God has made himself present to us and he's given us his love and, and we can't keep it. We can't hide it under, under a bushel. We have, we're the light of the world. And so what this experience taught me was that we need to go out into these areas where people, where we can, where we where we allow ourselves to be offended, like what you were saying, and where that shouldn't, where we should always listen, but it shouldn't it shouldn't get at the core of our being, you know, um, because we just have something so precious to share, and and the way that we react, the way that we speak to other people, should invite them to see the treasure that's inside of us. Um, Mother Teresa has a really beautiful prayer that she had her sisters has her sisters pray um, every morning. Um, it's I think it's called the Prayer for Christ Likeness. Hmm. It's by uh, John Henry Newman wrote it, and there's a line in that prayer. I have it in my Bible. It's really nice. There's a there's a line in that prayer that says, um, you know, let me shine before others. The light, O Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. None of it will be mine. So we we, we we need to get out there. We we have to get out there. We have to we have to uh, f- discover opportunities to dialogue. Um, would charitably listen to other people, put ourselves in their shoes, um, and then people will be like, "Whoa, this person's different. He's not reacting like you know that 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 person on Twitter. He's not. It's not just some impulsive like wanting to win a point type of thing. It's like this person listens. This person has something else. What does he have?" Hmm. We should. Okay, let's try to make this concrete in our last couple minutes here. Okay. Something came to me as you're, especially when you mentioned Mother Teresa. But I was thinking. What is something that has helped me grow in these last... So both of us joined 2009. Yep. All of our faithful listeners already know that. But we joined together... 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Um, Man, it's been 12 I'm about years. to finish, and so I'm 
Getting nostalgic. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. actually, I'm just really excited. But I was saying, what's something that's helped me during these years? There are certain books that I read and I totally forgot. And there's other ones <laughs> that I've read and like I there's certain parts of the book or phrases that like have never left me. And I was thinking, why is that? Because if we read a book and we say, oh, that's nice, and it stays there, we're gonna forget it eventually. Mm-hmm. But if we read a book, we see a good example, and especially I'm talking about like spiritual books and books with lives of saints and things like that, and we apply it in our lives, or at least we try to apply it in our lives, that sticks with us forever. There's two books that always come to mind, um, and maybe you'll be surprised, but it's Come Be My Light by Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. and then it's... Um, uh, Can he remember the title? St. Therese of the Soul. <laughs> Story of a Soul. Uh, Story of a Soul by St. Therese. And there's so many little anecdotes uh, in both books, and then in Mother Teresa, it's just her her uh, raw telling of her to uh, letters of her to her spiritual directors, just her raw testimony of her trying to love and be this light in this world when she felt so much darkness spiritually. She's amazing. So both of them, I I remember like trying to apply that same day that I read it, like seeing the joy of Mother Teresa or seeing her total self giving, thinking I want that. I remember trying to live that out and then always falling short. But I was thinking it's something very concrete that we can all do to help us uh, dialogue and be bridges in this world that's there's so much tension and polarization. The next time we come across an inspiring story or something, don't just share it on social media and then kind of forget it. Like, oh, this is great. I hope it helps someone else. That's actually, do do, do that. Right. Share it. Because uh, we need to share good news. But then ask yourself, what's one way I can live that in my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it needs to change us. We can't... Uh, one, I think um, going back to John Henry Newman, who's a, who's he's a saint. He said, "To be perfect is to have changed often. Hmm. To be perfect is to have changed often. And so, if we're not changing often, people, then we're not going to be perfect. Um, and not perfect like, oh, this person is pristine and everything is clean and that's a nice white gloves. Exactly. Not perfect. Perfect meaning like Jesus." Who was dirty? Who had who has scars and who's kept his scars for all of eternity? Who was bleeding, but he was perfect. Shout out! Watch the Chosen if you haven't seen I, that I've series. I've only seen the first episode. But Andrew, I'm ashamed. I I'm ashamed too. I saw the whole first season and I'm on season two. It just started coming out again. Uh, and they're putting out episodes one a new episode each week. Anyway, so I just cut you off. So perfect perfection is not white gloves. Jesus got dirty. Exactly, perfection is about Jesus. And so, and so that like what you were just saying. We need, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to be, and that's also helpful for dialogue, we need to be receptive of the goodness that we see around us from, from all sorts of people, all sorts of, yeah, even people we disagree with. Um, maybe even the person who disagrees with you about something mm. is really passionate about that. And it's like, wow, that person's really passionate. You know, am I passionate about, about my convictions? You know, so like, we, there's things that we can always learn. And so, like what you were saying, those examples, those the good news that we see around us should if we're receptive, should spark uh, us to change a little bit. And little by little, that'll make us more like Jesus. And and look how Jesus changed the world. Yes. And that's where, if we are who we should be, we will set the world ablaze. ablaze. And that's what the world needs right now. It needs light. It needs warmth. It needs fire. your smile. That's right. That's something you can do. You can smile at somebody when, that's you're, very concrete. when you're not in a good mood. Just a bit interesting. Like, we... One thing we can always do and that we'll never be uh, devoid of is communication, right? 
And you can communicate without I'm words. I'm not sure if devoid of was <laughs> It definitely right. wasn't. But I think it gets the point across. I think it gets the point. Um, <laughs> deprived of. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Is our ability to communicate. So it might not be in ideal situations, but we always have this gift, which is this gift to communicate. And that is, again, goes back to because we're made to communicate. We're made mm-hmm. to be social. Mm-hmm. And you communicate without words. Just smiling an extra time t- today or tomorrow, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. is already communicating that warmth and that light of Christ. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to preach the gospel. You can mm. just, it's even more important to live the gospel, which is that love and that mercy. That's how you can get a social life, folks. So let's go get social lives. Social. And this uh, upcoming on Instagram, check out our videos that will be coming out on the same subject of getting a social life. Indeed. Yes, Brother Luke is going to pull out some more lessons. He was, he was, you were doing this paper recently. Yes. Um, Solidarity so- and the movements like Black Lives Matter and all those things. Talk about what are the values and the principles of solidarity and how can they can be applied in these yeah, situations of tension. Exactly. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, folks, and thanks for listening. We don't just do... We dunque. God bless. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFM. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF.podsquad. Facebook, Instagram, Internet. All over.